How's it going, Camelback? You're in the dark. There you are. Now I'm in the up, oh, and here I am. All right. How's it going? If you're new or newer here at Camelback and you don't really know who some of the people on staff are, uh, the guy who did announcements, his name is Pastor James Corden. He's our uh, senior pastor. Yeah, give him a hand. If he wasn't here, I wouldn't be here. He's also my father. I'll let some parents explain that later. It's not my problem anymore. Um, my name is Wes Corden. I'm the creative director here. It's a privilege. It's an honor. I love what I do. And sometimes I get to speak. Um, this time I get to speak for like four weeks straight. So that's intimidating. But I'm fortunate I don't have to do it alone. Um, what I'm going to be doing is interviewing some couples that are at Camelback that are just involved and committed here at Camelback. Uh, all couples that I know very well that I've grown up with or I've done a lot of life with and they've poured into me and I've poured into them. Well, we're hoping that we get to pour into you guys. Uh, and this week we're going to be interviewing Danny and Tara Waterman. Uh, give them a hand. You guys can come on up. Uh, Danny is the executive pastor here at Camelback. Um, it's a title that he's fairly recently come into, and we love having him in that position. And his wife, Tara, is also joining him. And they have an amazing story that I can't wait for you guys to hear. So one more time, let's give him a round of applause. Thank you. I have to say, it was pretty awesome seeing the youth up here. You can tell they just came back from youth camp. Was it great? Yeah? <laughs> a lot of sunburns. Not a lot of sleep. <laughs> Actually, I think I'm the only one that got sunburned at youth camp. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much again um, for coming up here. Um, I'm so excited to hear what you guys are going to say. I'm so excited to see how that can impact our church. Um, and for you guys, Danny and Tara and I have already talked about kind of the format that this is going to be in. Uh, but for you guys, we're kind of uh, laying it out like a story. Every story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Um, so we're kind of talking about just uh, their lives, their faith journey, where it started, where it is now, and then where it's going. Um, so I guess my first question would be, guys, where did it start? I'll let you go ahead and start. Ladies first. <laughs> Ladies first. This is so far out of my comfort zone, you don't even know. Um. <laughs> oh. So I um, probably started going here around maybe 12, 13 years old, somewhere around there, because my mom had recently got divorced, and we, you guys see, the first service got the edited version, because my mom was sitting in there, but. Is this um, the explicit? This is. Oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so we went church hopping, because she just wanted a place where her kids wanted to go to church. She would have gone anywhere we wanted to go, she just wanted to find a place that her kids loved. So we ended up coming here. And here is where I met Danny. Um, I met Danny in youth group. And before Danny, I made a lot of poor choices. I came from a, a broken family. So to date people with um, anger, alcohol, and drug addictions, I picked my dad up from more bars than I could count. To date Danny was weird because <laughs> Danny was like safe. Danny was super safe and I wasn't even sure what to do with super safe sometimes because I think I ended up walking away a couple of times because this is just too much. I had when in my relationships I was used to 
you get really used to uh, manipulation and, um, and he didn't need any of that. And so then I, it made the relationship odd. <laughs> and I never, had, I never wanted to be married. I didn't want to have kids. I didn't. I was good. And now I am married and we have a daughter. <laughs> so I guess nice guys don't really finish last. <laughs> what about you, Danny? What's your kind of, what was going on in your life during that same time? What's part B of this story? Um, well, growing up, um, my, my parents always took me to church. And so I did grow up in the church ever since I was a little. My dad was in the military, so we did. We went from state to state. I even lived out of country for a little while in, in England, and, and that was wonderful. I loved it. But my parents always wanted to make sure we spent some time in the church. <clears throat> and I remember doing Bible stories with my mom, like Daniel Lyons, Dan, or Goliath and all that. So they, there was a foundation that was put there which started creating my worldview. It was a biblical worldview, which is really, really, really great. And uh, I had a friend... Uh, getting a little older now, and going into youth, and a friend who's my next-door neighbor, and he asked me to come to his church, which is here, Camelback, and I was going to another church at that time, but, and when I came here, I absolutely loved it, and I felt um, accepted here, and uh, I just wanted to be here, and so actually my sister started coming here, and my family started coming here as time went on, and uh, uh, I felt normal here, and then in high school, um, it was different when I'm in high school and at school because you notice that people act different and they talk different and, and, and they accept different things. And that was not what, what was normal to me here at church. And so I actually was like, well, am I not normal then? You know, what's, what's, this is weird. And I almost felt sheltered. And I probably really was sheltered. Safe. Safe. That's Very a good safe. word for safe. <laughs> and so uh, sheltered I was. And I was like, well, I want to be like what people else are doing. I want to act and talk the way they're ta talking and acting. And so it's totally opposite than what I should have been thinking of doing. And I didn't know. And so um, I was in youth. Tara and I started dating at that time. We dated on and off a few times. And uh, we actually uh, had asked to be stopped dating because she was leaving youth and then was a youth leader. And then I was still in youth. And uh, so. Yes, I'm older. <laughs> Can you tell? <laughs> Don't answer that. Don't you answer that. Safe answer, no. And so um, we actually stopped dating because the, the, uh, our youth pastor actually asked us to stop dating. And uh, I was bothered by that for a little while. And, um, uh, and then I, that's where we're beginning starting to start. For our, that's where our beginning had started. So for those of you that don't know or haven't known Danny for a while, um, we get to simplify his life and just kind of break it up into sections. And we title these sections, and it's an adjective, and then Danny. So as you see him now, this is happy Danny. This is bubbly Danny. Um, in high school, it was Jinko Danny. Jinko uh, jeans, Air Force Ones, it that whole Adidas. thing. It was a uh, yeah, It was shell. Adidas. Adidas. Well, at that time, this was the time that we referred to as angry Danny. Um, <laughs> And it's only being able to be defined by that because he's just not an angry person otherwise. You're probably the happiest person I know. I was angry because it wasn't even my parents who told us not to date. It was the church. And I was like, who what? Okay. But it was really smart that they did. It was, it was appropriate and it was something that was good for us. 
um, to, to stop that. And um, uh, so I actually stopped coming to church after youth. Uh, I got involved with people who weren't in church at all, who had a worldview of not biblical, anything close to being biblical. And I started to, to change to what the world would be like. And uh, Tara and I weren't dating, and I was dating lots of other people multiple times at the same time. Lots. So, hey, hey. And I, I took to the scene of, with, with parties. And um, my, dad was, my dad was very loving and said, you need to get out of my house. <laughs> and it probably was the most loving thing that he could have done for me. And I was coming home, or maybe not even coming home most of the time, and most of the time drunk, um, and I was over the age of 18. And so he says, you need to figure this out, but you can't do this here. And he says, you need, to, you need to leave. And I'm sure that was probably one of the hardest things he probably ever had done. And I didn't figure it out right away. It took me multiple years because I went from moving from house to house to house, living with friends, trying to figure things out. And I was going to school, but I did that almost as a front just to make it look like I had things together in my life, which it was not. I was far from anything being together. And, uh, and all I can remember was the direction I was going was not good. I had friends who died uh, because of drinking, drinking, driving, the roller accidents, and another friend that had died from being shot. Because I was involved in different areas in, uh, uh, that I shouldn't have been in. Uh, I was involved with party crews, and so we would uh, set up house parties at, where people didn't even live anymore and invite people to come to make money off of it. And... And so people, you would be crazy to, to see what type of people would show up to this place. And um, so I was not heading in the right direction until Tara actually called me out of the blue. And uh, she says, hey, yeah, you want to come to church with me? Church? Right? He had the same number after two years. It was crazy. I was like, I'm just going to see if it's still his number. And it was. <laughs> So yeah, she, she actually come, come to church, and I was curious to see you know, um, what's up with Tara, and I wanted to, so I came to church with Tara, and she was serving, and this is where it actually, you, you would not expect God to show up in the nursery, because I just wanted to, to be with Tara, and, and, and she was there faithfully every Sunday, so I started to come every Sunday. Um, I went from the nursery to children's um, first through fifth graders, and I started doing that because I wanted to. Someone had asked me, hey, would you like to come and help out here? You seem to be a person that would like to do this. Are you interested in everything? And at, at this time, some time went by. So it's not like I went from the party scene right to doing kids because that'd be crazy, okay? We're you smarter than that I was here. I the bad example, but I was not the bad example. Um, so some time has gone by, and I had an opportunity to not just serve with kids because God started to work in my life and transforming my life, but to also now lead a whole ministry, which was amazing. Um, and so that's where we are for, uh, for where we came from, where we grew up from. All right. And I, I love that whole part of your story. Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big book nerd and I'm a big like movie nerd. And so origins are always really important to me. Um, origin stories, seeing where you guys come from, because it always shapes so much of who you are today. Um, and I love your guys' kind of origin story, if you will. Um, and how does that tie into now? Like the last six years, you guys have really kind of come into who you are in, in your faith, who you are at the church, um, who you are in, well, you got married in those six years. You 
um, had a child in those six years. Uh, just kind of talk us through that whole part, I guess the, what you would call the middle part of what's going on in your life. Would you like to talk to <laughs> him about Danica? Yeah. I, I got pregnant and I cried a lot because that was not in the plan. And I had, I had, I knew I was going to school and I knew what I wanted to do. I just, I went the hard way. It took me a long time to get to where I needed to finally go. I was determined to finish school. Um, that was really hard. Um, we ended up having Danica at 25 weeks old. She was two pounds, three ounces. Um, when I found out that I was pregnant, we decided that we should get married. <laughs> he, he did propose. Um, should I tell the side story? Go ahead. <laughs> the side story was <laughs> I smoked for 10 years, and he hated it. And uh, when I got pregnant, he was like, you want to know what I was praying? I was praying that, God, if I'm supposed to marry her, she'll quit smoking. I quit smoking the day I realized I was pregnant, and I never picked it up. But I was super like, you, you did what? Like, I had to get pregnant to stop smoking so that you could marry me. That's how this works. That's what we call divine intervention. <laughs> That's divine. <laughs> Unorthodox, but still, it worked. <laughs> So it wasn't like our design to Not get pregnant first and then get married. Um, and even, and, and this is really cool, we were, we were serving and being at the church. We were quite involved at that time too. Um, but that doesn't mean that we're, we're, we're fully transformed. And so there were still things that God was still working on us. And we did something that wasn't part of his plan or his path because the direction he wanted us first to be is first to be married and then, and then have a child. And the church was so great at this, and our family was so great at showing grace at this. Because even though how, how involved we were, they could have easily said, listen, you're not doing what, what, the, what we're, you're supposed to be doing, so you kind of can't be here. They weren't like that at all. They wrapped themselves around us, encouraged us, and were walking life with us through this whole process. Because we felt ashamed, and we felt like we did something wrong. And they looked at us and said, no, you're okay, because God still loves you. One of the first things my mom said to me was, well, are you going to step down? And I was like, that didn't even cross my, no, pastor didn't tell me to. <laughs> so. <laughs> and so we, did, we decided to, to get married, not because it, we felt like it's the thing to do. We did. We loved each other. We also wanna, wanted to honor God and obey him, to be in the right path that he has for us. Because obviously we've gone different ways, we've detoured to different ways, and, and the destruction and things that we've gone through was not great, was not good. Um, and so we're like, we made a choice. We want to do this the correct way because we know, we know what not following you looks like, and we want to follow you. And we've seen what that looks like, and we want to try to follow you. Yeah, that's amazing. And we have a picture from your guys' wedding night. Um, it's a great picture. That was D. She was in the NICU. We, she wasn't supposed to be married. She wasn't supposed to be born yet. We were supposed to get married before she was born, and plans never work out the way you want them to. So that was actually the night of our wedding. So after the whole ceremony, we got to the hospital pretty late, and we went. We want to still see her and be part. Want her to be part of, of um, the whole thing. And the nurses were really excited to see us. I think they took pictures too. 
and they were they were just so encouraged that we were wanting to do that. So that was really cool. That was great. And there's just so many amazing things about this um, story about this night. Um, I wanted to thank you guys for your wedding. Um, you gave me my breakout gig. Yeah, you were the um, DJ. It was his first DJ gig. <laughs> it was uh, DJ, DJ Westside. West yeah, like, <laughs> just kidding. That's not really what my name was. Uh, um, but on a serious note, um, this was a very difficult time for you guys. Um, and something that I think we don't normalize enough in the church is the concept of being mad at God. Um, and it's something that's totally okay. It's actually something that we would encourage because you want to talk to God in a way that's more open than you would talk to anybody else. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying like, God, what the heck? Like, what's going on right now? Um, would you say that even though in retrospect, um, this time period has been a time in your life where God's hand was so evident would you say that in the moment you were really struggling with kind of being mad at God or were you not even focused on that and were you just focused on let's get through this? Well, with Danica, it was a time, there was absolutely nothing that Tara and I could have done in that whole situation because it was either she was going to live or she was going to die. And feeling complete helpless to that whole thing um, I don't want anyone to ever feel that. Um, and God's hand was totally over, not just when she was first born, but everything after she was born. Because even though she made it through the first day, first week, there was months still ahead of us um, with breathing and, and blood transfusions and not knowing if there was anything wrong with her brain, with her sight, if she would be able to speak correctly. And they, the doctors had done many ultrasounds on her brain to, to see if there's going to be any bleedings because that's where the, the problems will start. And there was absolutely zero bruising, which is unheard of. They had told us this unheard of being at her age that that happened. Danica had, has, had zero problems. She did come home on oxygen, but she got over that. She did come home with a hole in her heart, but that had healed closed. Amen mm -hmm. is right. That also, the relationship between Tara and I during that whole thing had grown stronger between us and also between God because all we could do at that time was just rely on God for him to take care of us and take care of Danica. There's no other way that we could have done and made it through that. Mm -hmm. um, as for being mad at God... Um, I don't know if I was mad at him. It was more of, are you, do I deserve this? And he showed me that it's not deserve. It's, it's, a, it's, I'm taking you, I'm allowing you to go through a process to rely on me, to grow in me, to know that I actually really do love you. And now it's been... Six years? Seven. Seven yeah. years? Danica's seven, right? What? 
right? Yes. <laughs> now it's been seven years. Um, Danica has grown up to be incredibly healthy. Um, she's stronger than me. So <laughs> there's that. Yeah. Um, but really, she's the most active child I've ever seen. Um, she's the most excited child I've ever seen. She takes after you in that manner. For sure, for sure. Um, and just the fact that she exists is obviously just evidence of God's hand on your guys' life. Um, are there any other stories? I know that even though you had to go through that process, Tara, of um, delaying school, delaying kind of your professional career, uh, to have a kid, to kind of go through the process of, you know, healing as a family uh, while she was healing internally. Um, you had to kind of delay or prolong your academics um, and all that. Um, is there anything in there that God's hand was just on? Um, I... I did get accepted into the program when she was in the NICU. And I was more stressed out than I have ever felt in my whole life when she was in the NICU. And so I told them that I was committed, I'm dedicated, I really need to do this, but I have a daughter that's in the NICU right now, can I defer this? And they told me that they would um, put me back in it in nine months. So she wasn't even a year and I'm trying to go to full-time school and. Um, we probably got on each other's nerves the most at that time because <laughs> I was super stressed out and he was mom and dad and I was just trying to get through school. And I worked uh, part-time weekends so I didn't go to church for a couple of years because I was full-time school during the week and then I needed to keep benefits because Danica had a lot of things going on. She still saw a lot of specialists. Um, it took a year for, she had three holes in her heart. It took a year for those to finally close. Um, she saw occupational therapists and she saw GI specialists and she saw, she struggled with um, eating. It was probably, and I wouldn't say that I was angry at God. I was more probably angry at myself because I know God was saying, you made those decisions. Like I'm, we'll fix this. You just chose the long route. And I, it took us a long way to get back to where we should have been. Had we made different decisions, things would have ended up, heck, I could still be single right now. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not even sure what to comment about that. It's better if you don't. Uh, God has given us more grace than I feel we deserve. We, we are in a place now that I never thought we would have been. We're farther along the road than, I, than my plans. My plans never worked out the way that I wanted them to. Um, God, me and God, we have a lot of conversations. He pushes me out of my comfort zone a lot. I would have said no to this, but... Um, I feel like our story needed to be told, but. <laughs> and in terms of your career, um, while everything academics had to be prolonged and postponed, you had to split up 
your time between, you know, whatever family time you could have and then work and school. And um, I'm sure you guys remember those years very well of just studying and studying and studying, um, which is not fun when you're not a or when you're a stressful person, I can imagine. Heck yeah, I get a lot of anxiety, bad anxiety. <laughs> um, but you, get, you got through it. You graduated from the program. Um, and then you got four raises in four years. You've climbed to the top of that ladder faster than anybody I don't think ever has. And um, it's just so good. It's amazing to see where God has taken you guys through this time. Um, now, if you could just kind of wrap up that now period and then kind of go into what the future holds for you guys. Well, right now, I'm actually, <clears throat> I'm over at, I'm doing Bible college over at Grand Canyon University. I spend about 15 to 20 hours a week doing that. It's online. There's, there's no way I'm capable of going to the campus. And uh, since it's online, it's every seven weeks, six or seven weeks. Um, I work here right now, I work here full-time for the school, and I get to, to serve on this campus at a, such a high capacity. Um, and so that's where I'm at now. And, and, and God's taken me through this, this process of learning how to, to love him, to love my family, to love his people, his church. And everything I'm learning through, through school, I'm looking to, to use that to glorify him, um, going forward. Uh, I'm learning how to be a godly husband to Tara. I'm learning how to be a godly father to Danica. And, and, and in our family, we, we get to practice this. And, and sometimes it's not glamorous, it's not fun, and, and we fight. And, and, and Danica sees us fighting, and it's important that she does see us fighting, but more important that she sees how we talk to each other afterwards, and we reconcile that afterwards. Because we want her to realize that there is grace in, in our family. And, this, and we're modeling it after Christ because Christ does this with us as a church and in our hearts. And as I'm learning all of this, I'm putting it into practice. And so as I'm going forward now, I want to just keep doing that and keep instilling that. And not just my family, but my, and my, and my friends. And then the extended family as well. Yeah, that's so good. And uh, God really chose to bless you guys by giving you a daughter. Um, he also chose to make your life a little interesting by giving you a daughter. Um, you get the example and the privilege, or you get the privilege to be an example of what a godly husband should be to her. Um, and so you get to, you said this last service, you get to model who she should look for. Um, and model Christ in that, and you get to be Christ and be an example of Christ as a dad as well. Uh, and sometimes that might mean dad jokes. Sometimes, <laughs> yep. Jokes. You all know what dad jokes are, right? <laughs> yeah. You guys want to hear some? <laughs> yeah. Why should you not have a broken pencil? Because there's no point. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard about the restaurant on the moon? It's got good food, but it's no atmosphere. <laughs> Want one more? Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah? How let's many apples it. grow on an apple tree? All of them. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I can't. 
It's one of the best things about being a dad. I'm convinced that, like, it just happens. Um, like, moms have a maternal instinct that just kind of kicks in when they have a kid. Um, dads just kind of have a dad joke instinct that just, you have a kid and then it just, they come to you. <laughs> Tara, um, coming through all of that, now you're in a great position professionally. Um, how are you kind of planning to be an example or planning to um, go into what's next for you guys? Uh, I feel like I'm, I try my very best with the things that God has equipped me with. I don't always feel like I say the right thing or I do the right thing with Danica, and there are days where I hope that's not going to scar you for the rest of your life. But there's a lot of days where Danny talks me off a ledge because I'm, I'm up to here and I have zero patience. I work um, in the hospital, and I have a lot of patience for my patients. And then I get home and it's shot. Like I just, my day is over and Danny's like, you've had a rough day, haven't you? But Danny's really good about, you know, and I want Danica to see how I am with her dad. It's, it's important how he is with me, but I want her to know how to treat her husband. Don't take your husband for granted. I'm, I feel blessed to have even married him. It's not anybody who I dated. I've, we've, it, I've come a long way from my choices and the the way that I saw my family work out, which is the things that made me not want to be married or have children. It's better to just, uh, you have a whole lot less stress in your life without it. <laughs> but um, I'm blessed. I couldn't imagine my life turning out any different than it did. You guys just, you're so committed to each other. You're so committed to your family. You do everything together, uh, like clockwork, every day. At like 7.30, I get simultaneous <laughs> notifications on my watch that's oh, saying, you guys finished your workouts. <laughs> and you do a great job at making me feel terrible because <laughs> I don't think you've ever gotten a notification that said I finished a workout. I do. I get, I get notifications that you've stood at least eight times throughout the day. It's a success. I reach my stangles, but every time I reach my stangles, every time it gives me a notification, I'm sitting down. So I don't know how that works. <laughs> you beat the system. Don't tell Apple that. <laughs> I, I, wish, I wish we could show you our before pictures. I gained a lot of weight, and I took two different programs. I took the x-ray program, and then I took a two-year ultrasound program, and I gained a lot of weight. And I, for like the first six months, I worked out in the living room by myself, and I told him that he was not even allowed in the room. I didn't want him in there. I could, I got this. I didn't want to. Be, I'm self-conscious enough. Um, I think she threw things at me if I like got even close to. Yeah, he was like, get away! I needed to lose weight, and I did not want him to watch me lose weight. It was not happening. But I, I finally, I, at the end of two years, I think I lost 80 pounds. I'm finally back to where I want to be. Wow. And Danica will probably tell you, like, that's our whole life. We, is, we, we like to hike, and we like to just do outdoor stuff. And, and I do workouts in my living room that Wes gets at 7 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, you guys have more shaker bottles than I have that shoes. And that's a lot. Is it right if I add something? Yeah, go ahead. So my life and, uh, and many of our lives, too, especially as, as believers, um, is a redemptive story. And you can see this in, in the Bible. God's, God's whole Bible, the whole, is his redemptive story. And starting 
uh, with the Israelites being slaves in Egypt, um, God heard their cries, and he sent Moses to get them and take them out. And just like, just like our lives, God will rescue us. And then so many times we forget about him, though, because just like the Israelites, they got out of Egypt because of the plagues, and they got to the Jordan River. And then they were crying again, what do we do? And they're scared and afraid, just like we are. We forget about God a lot of times. And God delivers them and gets them across. They get to Mount Sinai, and they are celebrating. And Moses goes up to the mountain, and he speaks with God. And within a few days, they've already forgotten about God, about everything they've already done. And they make something in an idol to worship and not God. Just like we do, we always forget about who God is as we're going through our lives. But God is always going to be redemptive and bring us back to him. And so there's nowhere you can go, no how far you can, you can be, how far away from God you can be that God can't bring you back to. Mm-hmm. Amen's right. Because when he allows things to happen in your lives, he's going to use those things in your lives to strengthen you and to reach other people as well. Amen. Well, you guys, this has been amazing. Uh, thank you so much for coming up here. Thank you for... Uh, being willing and being excited to share your story. Uh, I can't wait to see where your guys' future goes. Um, Obviously, that Bible college is working pretty well. (laughs) You just pulled that out of nowhere, so that was a good job. He's got a year left. Um, We're just so excited. So give him a round of applause, everybody. Uh, You want us to go? Yeah, you can. You oh. can I mean, you can sit up here. I don't. Go ahead and go. I'm gonna stand up. See you guys. I think that in everybody's stories, there's always something that you can take away from it. Um, in this series, we're not doing notes. We're not uh, gonna do fill-ins, anything like that. Uh, but if we were in Danny and Tara's story, um, it would be this. So if you're gonna tweet anything, if you're gonna write anything down. Their story is full of heart change. Um, Danny, with his whole transformation spiritually, uh, coming to church again and completely doing a 180 with his life. Um, Tara, heart change with not wanting to be married or a mother, and look at her now. She's killing it in both areas. Um, Heart change is just such a big part of their story. Also being content with God's timing and God's plan and being okay if that's different than your plan. Um, and then going off with what Danny just said, redemption. There's such a redemptive story in their story. There's such a redemptive story in all of us. But don't, don't confuse redemption with a comeback. Because if you were to call it a comeback, that would suggest that God left them. And God never left. So if you're going to write anything down, write down that you got to be okay with heart change you got to be okay with things being on a different timeline than you think. And don't call it a comeback. One thing I want to give you guys a chance to do right now, um, you can go ahead and stand up. Uh, We're going to go into a time of prayer. If you have kind of felt distance from God recently and you want to reconnect with him, or if you've never had a relationship with God, um, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands or anything like that. I think there's a lot of value in keeping that decision um, kind of personal, but if you would like to come up and pray with anybody after the service, you're welcome to. But right now, um, let's just all bow our heads, and we're going to have the option if you would like to recommit or um, 
just commit for the first time your life to God, to Christ, to being a Christian, um, just re- and we'll have the whole church just repeat after me. Um, so let's start. God, I know that m- I know that in my lifetime, I've not always lived for you. And I have sinned in ways I probably don't even know are sins. I know that you have plans for me. And I want to live in those plans. I pray for forgiveness in the ways I've sinned. I am now choosing to accept you into my heart. I'm grateful for your sacrifice on the cross and how you died so I can have eternal life. I put myself, my life, and my future in your hands. I pray that you work in my life and guide my steps so I can continue to live for you for the rest of this life. In your name I pray, amen. If you guys made a decision today, um, congratulations, give them a round of applause. I think it's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. It really is. Um, And if you would like to come up and pray with somebody, we have leaders down here who are so excited to get to know you, to pray with you, and to start this journey at Camelback with you. See you guys next week.